So my name is Rosalind Burns, and I come from a background of being landscape architect trained. Um, I put up the mental health and uh, food gardening because I'd worked in a, um, a market garden for people with disabilities and we had a lot of volunteers come in and I just saw over those four years of part-time the amazing transition people made from their super state to walking in after they got familiar with the place to come in through the gates and just go and I just thought there's power in this. I've always been a bit of a gardener, and it's all about health and movement and stuff like that. And then being recently in Italy, just looking over fences and seeing all these older people producing all this food still, and I thought that the young ones, especially in Australia, are missing a generation of people who have that knowledge. And we almost have to go to the grandparents now. And I thought, well, we've got to keep this food growing alive. So for me, um, it's really around. Um, I so I come from a digital world, so I'm a, a digital web designer, UX designer, and uh, um, I um, got some funding for a project and was in a startup um, community. Um, and saw a lot of people building companies of the future and actually it was a lot of young men building companies of the future and they would get funding and they would hire more young men like them and and some of these products were for older people and I started to recognize that we were seeing this cycle of um, of um, who was building companies and who were they employing and it wasn't a really inclusive community and then also Realizing that you know people like my dad, but also lacking a whole bunch of knowledge. How do how do they lead a team? How do they negotiate? How do they um, so all of this knowledge that they kind of didn't have? And then my dad was retiring and thinking, well, what's he going to do next in the world? And I thought, well, you know, here's my dad. He's got 40 years of engineering knowledge, and I'm pretty sure that someone who's starting an engineering uh, business would would love his experience and his knowledge and his. Um, passion, and so I thought, <coughs> how can we start connecting people together? And then, as I did more research, I recognised that you know uh, there was a third youth unemployment and underemployment, and then also mature age um, unemployment was also growing. So, how could we use the I suppose the under experience and the over experience to help connect and build businesses together and break down some of the stereotypes and build more inclusive businesses of the future? Really. So that's kind of where I came from. If we had a longer session, I would have just we'd do a quick whip around. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a studio. Do you still do that? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Can I just say then first, um, what I first thing we'd like to get out of this is just some of these um, key topics here. Um, we had a little chat, some examples of intergenerational, if anyone has some. Um, some economic opportunities people have already identified would really benefit from having the wisdom with the younger. Um, and we just dot point them down. Um, and then maybe the target groups in particular. So um, the digital world, you know, and I guess mine would be unemployed or mental health. And then who might be some of the older people to contribute. Um, Methods of connection. How do we how do we get 
the conversation started, but then that brought us to this one. We need some maybe tools, and if anyone knows any toolkits to make the communication between the two groups work better, because we had here sometimes you need a little connector. Mm. Yeah. You know, what is that? And that comes out of the, some of the case studies that I've been researching, but also some of. So this year I ran. I was part of a program where we took. Um, they called them the Young Entrepreneurs of the North in the city of Yarra. Um, and there were, um, half of them came from disadvantaged backgrounds, Sudanese, or they had um, uh, some sort of disability. And we connected them to, um, there was a lot of uh, older mentors in the community and we saw some really amazing results, but we also saw some things that helped to underpin the relationship, but also in some of the research that I've been doing. So there was a case study that really inspired me from the US and I was telling Ross about this. So. In the case study, it was a, um, a high school for, um, I suppose, once again, underprivileged youth. And what they did was they connected them to retirees in the community, but they connected them to two sorts of, so these, um, these students were from a high-risk background. And what they did was they took um, retirees who came from a high-risk background and uh, retirees from, I suppose, a wealthier background, and they connected these two retiree groups together first um, and built a, uh, I suppose, built cohesiveness in those two groups. And then what they did was then they connected those retirees to the younger people um, who were building businesses, and the concept is the school had a barn, and that barn became a place where they could make goods and sell goods and it actually became a self-sustaining project. So the barn made enough money that, um, that, yeah, that it actually was able to pay the participants a wage to actually run their businesses. So that's how successful it was in getting this project up and running. Um, and what they found was the older people who had come from a disadvantaged background acted almost as a bridge between the young people who I suppose were from this disadvantaged background but they had a whole bunch of experience coming had coming have coming from this background and then um, the I suppose the the people who were in a higher socioeconomic group had I suppose the networks the influence and the experience um, and so the people, the older people in the middle en ended up acting as a translator, but on both sides, the, the, um, the more disadvantaged retirees and the uh, more advantaged retirees became friends, and that broke down stereotypes there, but also between young and old, they started to see a breaking down of stereotypes as well. So it not only broke down stereotypes, but it created a system that was uh, self-sustaining for the school without actually having to... Um, yeah, so the project started with funding, but by the end, it, the project sustained itself. So, and that was a great outcome for the community. And, Sorry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as I said, in the work that I've been doing with the city of Yarra, we connected. Um, and what was fascinating is, um, yeah, some of the, um, the relationships that were created. Um, you know, we had a, a, an older lady who... Um, as one example, who um, had created a wellness business, and she had, um, you know, through circumstances, she kind of fallen into unemployment and had lost confidence. And there was a, a girl within the program who had been a nanny and had nannied for a girl, uh, for a family who'd uh, lost their daughter, and she 
as a nanny, she really struggled to help this girl, and she came up with this idea of creating a workshop for, um, I suppose, younger kids to build resilience. But she didn't know, well, how do I build that into a business? How do I create a workshop like that? And so Karen, her mentor, who had uh, experience in that, kind of helped her with the whole process. But through the process, Karen also built up her confidence. So she started to recognize, hey, I've got all this experience and she felt really valued and that really brought her up again. So in terms of that, you know, for Georgia, it was a, a great experience because it got her started. You know, she wouldn't, you know, in a period of three months, she was able to run a workshop. She was able to get a case study going, um, which is amazing. And then get a, you know, and also prior